Hello again, friends, and welcome to this week's interview. Today, I'm happy to bring to you Jackie Breezer, and I'll tell you more about Jackie in just a second. I think you'll find her really interesting. Stand by. Well, again, friends and fellow truth seekers, Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where it's my goal to help you with the questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types, like I think I am, ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. Let's get started with today's adventure. Again, I'm happy to introduce to you Jackie Breezer. Jackie is a shaman healer, and she looks pretty normal, as you'll see in a minute. Uh, but well, this this is being done both audio and video. So if you want to see the video version of this and, and see Jackie, just go to my YouTube channel. It's at Mike Nicholas Unleashed on YouTube. I'll put that in the show notes. That's how you can actually see Jackie during the interview. But I think you'll enjoy this. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Soul Unleashed podcast. It's my delight here to introduce to you Jackie Breezer. Jackie and I met, uh, I guess, two years ago, a little over a year ago anyway, in Austin, Texas at a book writing seminar. Jackie is an author, a shamanic healer, and I'll have her describe some of the other things that she does. But Jackie, welcome, and it's really good to see you again. Great to see you, Mike. Always a pleasure. I'm going to ask you, uh, first of all, I think, to explain most, not most, but a lot of the people that listen to my podcast are, like me, left brain types. And a lot of the stuff that you do is considered, you know, woo-woo is a kind word. Crazy is probably less kind. But explain, if you will, for my, my audience, your background so they kind of understand where you're coming from. Sure. Uh, I... Um in 2019, left a career in engineering and leadership. I had actually been a practicing uh, engineer. I had a master's in engineering management and was in a leadership position at a manufacturing company for many years. And so uh, process improvement expert, I guess, is what uh, my last part of the career was. And I loved what I did. And I love solving problems and making things better and process improvement was my jam. <laughs> but I started to get kind of restless because I had kind of some other experiences that were peaking up that I had to had to face. And so when I was a young kid, I used to see dead people and uh, I had to learn um what was real and what wasn't, I would use, I would ask my little sister, do you see that guy standing over there? And she'd be like, uh, what guy? So then I'd be like, okay, not real. Um, so I, I really taught myself to shut off that. And I learned how to be in the world and try to be like everyone else. And uh, I was a pretty sensitive kid, um, did my best to meet all the requirements of the good citizen checklist, you know, um, went to college, had a great career. Um, but as I got older, I realized that there was a part of me that I wasn't honoring, you know, um, mediumship, um, being able to do healing work and help people 
was something I wasn't getting a chance to do in the corporate environment. And I just got more and more restless as the years went on. And um, I knew I needed to leave. And I had been inspired to write a novel. And as an engineer, clearly, I don't know how to write a novel. I know how to read them, but not how to write them. And so I um, was started writing a novel on, on weekends. And I really got inspired. And I it just became clear to me uh, after a bit that I'm doing the wrong stuff now. I need to, I need to move on. I need to switch gears. And so I had planned to leave my career and finish writing my book. And um, then I had this random weird trip and fall accident and bonked my head. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was pretty rough, you know, bad concussion. And um, that kind of, you know, knocked some sense into me or maybe scared the, scared the crap out of me. I don't know mm-hmm. which which way you want to look at it. But I realized I don't want to die with my book in me. You know, the story that I had been dreaming about and wanting to write, it's like, I got to write that. And that vision of being able to help people heal from their past and learn how to be in the world and be a sensitive person in the world and how to function and how to, how to be human, and, but also honor your spiritual side. It's like, you know, I got to figure that out for myself and then maybe I can help others figure that out. And so, uh, in 2019, I, um, left my job and, uh, began an adventure of starting my own business, finishing my book. And I went through, um, shaman school. <laughs> so well, good. let uh, me, let me, I, I want to ask that. you more about that, but let me, there's a lot to you just covered. So let me just ask you a couple of questions. So when you were growing up, what was your, your faith? system of any sure um so we we were uh lutheran you know our family was a lutheran faith and we we weren't every week churchgoers but we did believe in god and so i uh i always knew that what i saw was real to me uh, but when i described it to my parents or other people i was kind of the weird kid and um I just remember having some experiences where, um, you know, kind of being told over and over again, "Don't be the weird kid." You know? <laughs> so, so like were your pa- so your parents were? Uh, would you say not acceptive of that? Do they see it as a gift or or a problem? Um, they just didn't know. You know, they were young parents, and um, they just didn't know um, what what it was actually. And so it was easier to just encourage me to be like everyone else than it was to maybe explore or look into what my gifts were. Plus, back then, you know, this would would have been in the 70s, right? No Mm -hmm. one was, there was no mediums on TV. There was no resources. There was no internet to learn more about it. Did you know the, the, the dead people that you saw? Like when you say you saw dead people, were they relatives or neighbors or complete strangers? Um, it all of the above. Um, Did they attempt the most, to communicate with you? Yeah, yeah. I think the most um, telling one, and I actually wrote about this in one of my blogs, was um, my parents uh, bought an old house that they were going to renovate, and the upstairs of the home, um, there was. I went upstairs and I saw saw a boy up there. He was a teenager, 
and he had been um, killed in a, a gun accident, and he in one of the bedrooms upstairs. And so I went up there because I wanted to see what our new house was going to be like, and we were remodeling it. And uh, when I went up there, I saw him, and I was talking to him, and I told my parents, oh, I was talking to that boy up there. <laughs> my parents were like, what boy? Well, of course, they hadn't told me that someone had died in that house. Oh, jeez. Um, but, um, but anyway, so I talked to him and everything. And so, yeah, it got pretty weird after that. And then after a while, it was like, just don't talk about that, Jackie. You know? How, how old were you when that happened? Uh, I think I was probably, probably first grade. First grade, because, um, it was when we lived in a big old farmhouse. Um, but at the time, you know, there was nowhere to go. Like, if you had a child that had a special gift, where would you even go to learn about it back then? You know, we didn't have the internet and all that stuff. Um, so I just, over time, emulated what I saw around me. And being a pretty sensitive person, it's like, okay, I'm seeing how other people are. And I know I'm expected to be like them. And so, so, so I figured out so how Jackie, to do these, that. these people that you were seeing, and the reason I'm kind of, uh, asking you more about this is I want to be clear. They were not haunting you or bothering you. Were they trying to communicate with, with someone in, in this life or get a message to you or what? Correct me if I'm wrong, but was their purpose uh, 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 made you feel bad or how did you feel when you saw them? Sure. I, I, they all have different reasons for reaching out as a young child. I think that, I saw uh, they came to me because they knew I could see them. And, but I wasn't uh, old enough to be able to maybe deliver a message for them or do, you know, do much with them. Mm -hmm. But, um, so I, I think it was just because I was, I could see them and they're kind of maybe trapped here, uh, hadn't really crossed over and hadn't really maybe accepted that that they were it was time to go and so um so i talked with that boy that i think we lived in that house for like five or six years so i talked with him um frequently when we lived in that house i didn't tell people about it yeah but um you know because it was it was odd but um i just i just learned to like coexist with him because it's like well this was his house too and um, sometimes I'd see him, sometimes I wouldn't. Um, but did, did I think he appear that, as a like a person or as an apparition or three dimensional, two dimensional? You know, opaque. How would you describe him? Um, to me, when I was a kid, they looked like absolutely real. Like I couldn't distinguish between alive or not alive. <laughs> okay. Um, but now that I'm an adult, um, it appears it looks different to me, and so, so you still I'm see not sure. you still see people that way. Yep, I st I do still see um, um, people that have passed on. Since then, of course, I've went um, gotten some training, and I've learned quite a bit about how to manage or manage or control my energy so that I'm I'm not doing mediumship unless I'm working. 
right? Or unless okay. I'm intending to be doing mediumship. Um, as so a, they, they don't just show up in your room. You you no, invite them no. or look for them. Okay. No, because I have to, if I don't have some fences around who I am and how I'm going to be in the world, right? That would be a real energy drain if people are coming to me all the time. And, and then mm-hmm. I could, you know, it could be very difficult to, to deal with. And I ran into that quite a bit when I was like in my 30s. And um, so now it's more structured where each day I imagine myself in a white room with a white door and I'm in the light. I do my things. I walk in the world. I be a good human. And on occasion, I let that white door open and I let one person in at a time. And that purpose is for healing, for the highest good or benefit of whoever my client is who's sitting in the chair next to me. And it's all, I I do it for the healing that comes from, from sharing messages because often people have things they want to say to someone that they didn't get to say before they left or, you know, um, just even having um, faith that there is something out there beyond what we see in this life. Cause you know, life is really a drag sometimes here <laughs> and um, we need to know and have faith that there's something else out there. Like there's, there's something bigger. And so I think when I do mediumship with people that helps them to see that and um, bring comfort that their loved ones are, you know, at peace and, um, ready to uh, continue their soul's journey, whichever way it's meant to go. So, so there's two questions I'd like to ask you about that, please. <laughs> One is, what was it like, you know, being a teenager and struggling with all the teenager things and boys and dating and high school and all those pressures and having the gift that you had? Was that like added pressure or did you by that time tamped it down to where it was just something in the background? Um, I had pretty much locked it down by the time I was a teenager. I didn't really have too many struggles with it. Um, you know, like on a, on a daily basis, it wasn't a struggle. There was a couple of my high school classmates who had been killed while I was in high school in a, uh, auto accidents. And mm-hmm. so then I, of course, ran into them at their own funerals, watching themselves and watching oh, everyone wow. there. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty much all wrapped down. And then when I got to be in my 30s, then I started waking up in the middle of the night with dead people, people in my bedroom, in. wondering, oh my gosh, i got to get a handle on this, you know? So, things, so is things there any advice somehow. Is there any advice you'd give to somebody who's gone through that at a young age, like as a teenager that has those gifts? Yeah, I would say, first of all, it is a gift. I, I know for me, I always felt like being really sensitive, um, felt like a curse sometimes. You know, I could tell when people were lying to me. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, feel people's sorrow or people who are really struggling. I could feel it on them. And so I could really, you know, I, I was empathic, so I could really feel a lot of information from people. Um, and that and but then I somehow you take it on yourself. So then mm-hmm. you think, oh, why am I so sad? Well, you know what? You might not be the one that's so sad. It might be the person in the chair next to you 
who's really having a hard time, who's really sad, but you're picking up on that energy and you're feeling it. And so um, my, my advice to anyone who has um, those kinds of gifts, either mediumship or just empathic abilities, is to um, learn more about it, get some education on it. There's a lot of information available on how to uh, control your um, the information you pick up and kind of kind of protect yourself so that you don't get drained by other people's things. A lot of times I'll tell somebody, um, ask if you're feeling weird and you don't know why, ask yourself, is this my stuff? Is this my stuff that I'm feeling? It could mm-hmm. be the person next to me in the grocery store line or, um, or it could be that, um, you know, something you just saw on television um, that, you know, sparked something in you that was like kind of activating Mm. that um those emotions of sadness or sorrow or whatnot can you can you definitely for kids i mean i didn't have any place to go when i was a kid so i just shut up about it (laughs) (laughs) can you go the opposite direction i mean can you get happy feelings or uh, from other people is it always sadness that you into it or is it, can it be happy things? Um, I did. I could pick up happy stuff too. Um, okay. I think that when I was in my corporate role uh, years ago, um, I was, that was part of my success in the corporate world was that, um, you know, I loved what I did. I was a good engineer and I, and a good leader, but I also um, was really good at understanding my staff knowing how different people thought, how they felt about things. I could tell if somebody wasn't on board with something I asked them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, so I, I listened to my employees. I, I was really open to and engaging, I guess, to my staff to hear what they had to say. Because I always felt like, you know, I don't have all the right ideas, but with all of us in this room, we certainly can come up with some good ones, right? Uh, but so often people are can be intimidated in in a meeting or uh, others corporate posturing and you know all that stuff uh, that keeps some great ideas that never get spoken. And so um, I think it was kind of like my superpower when I was in the corporate world to help me solve problems, because a lot of times I asked questions other people wouldn't ask. I I love the fact that you are, um, I know there's some debate about whether left brain, right brain stuff does exist, but you come from a background engineering wise, where you at least analyze data and take in data and, and can, can make decisions based upon that. So what would you say to somebody who asks or is of the opinion that what you're doing, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing is from Satan and <laughs> you're being tricked or you're being fooled or you're being manipulated because you obviously have a very strong belief and there is something beyond this life, uh, as I do. But what would you say to somebody that said everything that you're experiencing is just, it's just employed by Satan to fool you and through you other people? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I mean, of course I've, I've heard that before. In fact, that's why I didn't tell people that I had this ability until about two years ago. <laughs> okay. 
I didn't publicly announce it. People who knew me, like close members, family members, and friends knew, but the world did not know until two years ago when I published a blog about it. Um, and I did run into that a little bit, but I think that um, there's so much going on in the world around us that we just do not understand. And as human beings, when we see something that we don't understand, um, for whatever reason, we have to label it. And we have, a lot of times, we put a fear label on it and we make it something sinister or um, not um, not life-supporting or whatever. But in the end, when you think about um, like how people think and what our own beliefs are, um, every single person on the planet has their own set of beliefs. And when I first started telling people that I was a medium, I thought I was going to get a ton of unfriending <laughs> happening. But it really wasn't as much as I thought. Because I can tell you, there's not a person on this planet who hasn't experienced something that they couldn't, couldn't explain. Right. Mm -hmm. like, it's like, wow, I don't know what that was. And so um, our human bodies and brains are limited into the capacity that, of understanding that we have. But if you consider the fact that we are all beings of light and, you know, um, when I've encountered people who, uh, to, who have strong beliefs that um, mediumship, uh, or any of this spiritual type stuff is of the devil or um, negative in some way. Uh, I just remind myself that there's a billion people, <laughs> billions of people in the world, and every single person has their own set of beliefs. And so often we've all experienced something that we can't explain. And just because we can't explain it or understand it doesn't mean it's not real. Um, I read an article recently that there's like, 10,000 frequencies of um, vibration and light that are um, that exist in you know in the vibrational frequency of the world and the human eye and brain and ears can only perceive like I think 10% of it so if you consider that there's all, all of that stuff is happening, but our bodies can only fathom 10% of what's, what's out there. Well, you know, we experience something that we don't understand, and it is kind of fear-invoking. Like, oh, I don't know about that, right? And so, um, and some of the uh, religious dogma, of course, has assigned that as not being, um, or as being, of the devil or whatever, how it's described. Um, but have you ever encountered the devil or that type of entity in what you do? Um, I have not, but I set very clear intentions whenever I'm doing any sort of spiritual work um, that everything I do is in the light for the light, for the highest good of everyone involved. Um, you know, I'm a sovereign being. The people I'm working with are sovereign beings. We do not, um, we don't, do not allow, not allowing basically any other 
um, outside influences to come into play. When we're working with spirit, it's like this is this is all for our highest good. All you- love, love and light or nothing. And I really haven't run into anything dark or evil or anything like that because I set the intention super duper clear. And if I am like out in the world and I run into some something or a situation where I'm like red flags go off right away, um, I just get the heck out of there. <laughs> you know. Okay. Or get you know, get away from that person. Um but I've I've not seen it like in my practice because, you know, when people come to see me, they're like in my office and this is like a sacred space and this is where um healing work is done and so it's all for healing intent and so it's not something i've encountered other people may have um different experiences but so far i haven't had that Um, have you encountered the the subject of hell with anybody that's come through or anybody that you've spoken with um uh, there have been you know clients who have asked like is my did my did my dad go to heaven or did he go to hell? Um, my belief is that heaven and hell are are really our choice of it's, it's what we perceive as hap- as positive or happy or unhappy or um, whatnot. So we make that construct ourselves and we use it to torture ourselves as we live on this planet, um, you know, with dogma and um, fear-based conditioning of you better do this or you're going to go to hell. You, you better be follow the good citizen checklist or you're not going to get where you need mm-hmm. to go. Um, so um, so it's, people have asked me about it. Um, I believe that, you know, there's just another, there's another side. But there's levels of it. So some people might um, be at a much higher level, um, more ascended, I guess, um, when they leave and they go to the other side. And other people um, may may not be highly ascended. But um, for me personally, I don't really believe in a place of hell. I think that that's um, hell is what you make of it. And I'm. It's not a belief that serves me or my beliefs. All right, that wraps up things for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to Jackie. This was part one today. We're going to do part two next week. Turned out that our discussion just really went uh, quite long, and we had a, a great discussion. And so I split it into, into two parts. So part one today, part one, uh, part two next week. And all of the things we talked about are in the show notes. If you want to look it up and uh, see how you can get in touch with Jackie, how you can benefit from her help. And again, as always, subscribe, please. You'll never miss an episode. And more important, if you can leave a review, that'd be great. Helps other people find me better. I'll see you again with a personal podcast on Tuesday. And then Jackie again uh, next Thursday. Bye-bye.